We do welcome all of our moms today. What an awesome day it is to dedicate children to the Lord, to have baptism in a few minutes, and then to uh, preach a sermon today specifically on uh, one of the heroines of the faith, a lady by the name of Lydia in Acts chapter 16. We'll preach a message entitled, A Lady Like Lydia, Acts chapter 16. I'll read verses uh, 13 through uh, 15. Uh, I know also that today is such an an awesome day, but it's also a difficult day for many. Uh, many ladies choose not to come to church on a day like today, uh, perhaps for a variety, a myriad of reasons. And maybe you're one of those ladies watching us on, online today, and we just welcome you. We're thrilled that you are worshiping the Lord with us uh, here at Great Hills. And so uh, today, I uh, just want to preach a whole sermon toward our, toward our women. And this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas and Timothy are on their second missionary journey, the year is about A.D. 50, and they go to these major metropolitan areas. For example, they go to a city called Philippi. And in Philippi, there is a great contrast of how God works in people's lives. We, most of us are familiar with the Philippian jailer. And I tell you, there's an earthquake, there are chains being broken, there are prisons being shaken, and God dramatically saves this Philippian jailer. But right before that, the Bible just says very discreetly, very just innocently, that the Lord opened Lydia's heart. And so that's what I want to look at with you today, this great text about how God spoke to a lady named Lydia. She was a God-fearer. She wasn't really a Jew, but she was a God-fearer. She was someone who was attracted, like Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, attracted to the monotheism of Israel, Judaism. And so we'll, we'll pick up her story. I think you'll be very blessed today as we read the story uh, of Lydia. Acts chapter 16, I'll begin reading in verse 13. Now on the Sabbath day when we went out of the city, now the we personal plural pronoun there, that is Paul and Silas and Timothy, his missionary colleagues, they went out uh, of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and we spoke to the women who met there. Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, and she worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Let me read that again. The Lord opened Lydia's heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she, had, she and her household were baptized, she begged us and she said, if if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And so she uh, persuaded us. Here you have the first European convert to Christianity. A businesswoman, a very successful businesswoman from Thyatira, one of the seven cities or churches mentioned in Revelation 2 and 3. In 2004, I had a great privilege to go and retrace Paul's second missionary journey. And one of the highlights to me of that trip was to go to the city of Philippi. And there is a river there. Um, I've got it written down. I hope I pronounce it right. It's called the Gangots River, and it's also known as the Angista River. And I want to show you a picture of it as it comes up on the screen. This is the literal spot uh, where Lydia was baptized by uh, the Apostle Paul. And I remember standing right there in that spot, and my mind and my imagination was just running wild thinking, what an amazing time that was in Paul's life as he shared the gospel, and Lydia 
uh, opened her heart, and she became the first European convert, if you will, uh, to the faith. Let me give you just a little background as to what is going on in our text, and then we'll just focus in on Lydia. In your, in your bulletin, in your outline today, in your worship guide, I have a, a nine-point sermon, and I know this is frightening to you. You're thinking, oh, my word, your one-point sermons are forever. I, I, nine points? Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go quickly through this, and we'll give you the first letter of the characteristics of a godly lady, if you will, a lady like Lydia. And as I walk through these, I'll try to slow down long enough just to give you an indication of where we are. And so, ladies especially, I'd love for you to take some notes today and just jot these characteristics of godliness down, and I hope it will bless you and encourage you. Well, Paul and his team have arrived in Philippi. Paul tells us, or Luke tells us in verse 12, that it was the first or the foremost city in all of Macedonia. It was a Roman colony, and being that it was a Roman colony, it means that the following things. It would have freedom, self-governing, they would be exempt from taxation, and the inhabitants in Philippi could own their own land. This is a very historic city. It is named after the father of Alexander the Great. Anybody remember his name? Philip of Macedon. Here we are in this great part of the world, rich history. In fact, in, in 42 B.C., there was a historic battle that took place right here near this great city of Philippi. And you remember these, these men, Mark Antony and Augustus, defeated Brutus and Cassius, the murderers of Julius Caesar. And so this city has a rich history. And so when the missionary band comes in A.D. 50, uh, here they come, and, and, and what happens is Rome has put a lot of their Roman soldiers in Philippi. In fact, the reason Paul and his team go down to the Gangites River is because there is no synagogue in Philippi. If you'll remember in studying Paul's missionary journeys, the first thing he would do is he goes to this major metropolitan area. He would go to a Jewish synagogue, and there he would preach Christ. And the reason he went to the river is because there was a, well, there was a tradition. If there were no synagogues in the city, if you were a person of faith, of the Jewish faith, you would meet by the riverside or you would meet by the seaside, and you would meet on the Sabbath day, and you would pray there. And that's exactly what we find here in Acts chapter 15. So Paul, he does, a, he does an amazing thing. He does a wise thing. He didn't wait for the people to come to him. He went to where the people were. And as he was there, uh, he began to preach Christ. And as he did, the Lord began to save people. And one of the first that he did was this lady uh, by the name of Lydia. It says in verse 14, a certain woman named Lydia, she heard us, and she was the one who was praying at the riverside. So ladies, the first thing I want you to notice in that P, a lady like Lydia is a woman who prays. She is a prayerful woman. In verse 13, it says, prayer was customarily made. Verse 14 says that uh, they went and they spoke, and Lydia, look at verse 14, it says, she heard, heard us. Uh, the Greek word there is akouo. It's where we get the English word acoustics. She heard, she kept hearing, she kept listening to the apostle Paul as he shared the gospel. Paul was so unlike the Pharisees of the day. The Pharisees had a prayer that went something like this. I thank you, God, that you did not make me a Gentile, a slave, or a woman. That's sad, I know, but that was the common uh, thought pattern of the first century. 
Thank you, God, that you did not make me a woman. Well, Paul did not believe that. He did not pray that. In fact, in Galatians 3.28, he believed just the opposite. He said, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female because we are all one in Christ Jesus. And so Lydia is a woman of prayer. And number two, she is a woman who listens. Akuo, she kept listening to Paul as he preached the gospel uh, uh, to them that day at the riverside. She was, number three, she was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. She was an eye and industrious woman. Now, meaning a seller of purple. Now, purple was a dye, a colored dye that you would extract from one of two sources. First, what is called a matter root that grew in the ground. You would extract that root and you would compress it and you would squeeze out this colorful dye. Or you would go to a shellfish and the shellfish has this dye in it and you would extract it and you say, well, what in the world would you do with it? Well, you would color your clothing, purple or a reddish dye. And it was, a, it was big business. In fact, it was big business all the way up until the latter part of the 19th century where it was replaced with chemical dyes. And so this lady is very industrious, uh, industrious. She is a businesswoman. She is a hardworking woman, and she's probably very wealthy, very well off, as she is working there in Philippi, practicing her trade of a, the Bible says, she is a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. Now, Thyatira... Interesting is one of those seven cities in Revelation 2 and 3. The kingdom in which Thyatira was located was called, you ready for this? The Lydian kingdom. And so Lydia is named after the kingdom in which Thyatira was located. She is a businesswoman. She is traveling. She is away from home, from Thyatira. She lands in the city of Philippi, and she's practicing her trade. She's probably doing very well, making a lot of money. But haven't you noticed that making a lot of money does not satisfy the chasm in our souls? We need more than money. I mean, we need more than prestige. We need, we need a Savior. We need a King. We need somebody who will rescue us from our guilt and our shame and our sin. And Paul says, man, I, I've got great news for you. And so he shares the gospel, and Lydia is one of those who believes. The B there, number four, stands for believe. You say, well, how do you know that she believed in the Lord? Well, the Bible says very clearly that the Lord opened her heart to heed the things. Uh, prosecco, to heed means to come near. It is a word literally used of a ship that is approaching the harbor. It is moving inland and the Spirit of God is drawing Lydia to himself, and she, she listens, and now she heeds. She literally believes in the message that Paul is preaching. She believes in the basics of the gospel, that Jesus Christ was a Jewish man indeed. But he was not just a man. He was the God-man, and he came from heaven above, and he lived a perfect life. This is Paul's sermon. This is what he would preach. It's called the kerygma. It's the gospel in a nutshell. He would demonstrate how Jesus Christ is the embodiment, the fulfillment of all the 400-plus messianic prophecies. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a perfect, spotless, sinless life. He died a vicarious, substitutionary death. On the third day, God the Father raised him from the dead. He ascended back to heaven, and he gives salvation 
to anyone and everyone who believes, whether they're male, whether they're female, whether they're a child or whether they're an adult, whether they are a Jew, a Gentile, it matters not. If you believe, Paul says, God opens your heart and you can be saved. You can have the Spirit of God living within you. And I can just see Lydia in my mind's eye raising her hand and saying, that's what I want. And I think it was a moving moment. I think her being a woman of prestige, a woman who is very well known, I believe, in this city, when she accepts Christ, it is very influential. I think many other people come to faith in Christ. Hey, ladies, wouldn't that be awesome? Moms, today, you come to church, the matriarch of the home, amen. And wouldn't it be great if you gave your life to Christ? Just think of the influence you would have on your children, your grandchildren, your posterity, your legacy, your lineage. When you come to faith in Christ, you're going to influence that knucklehead husband that you have. You're going to influence your children, and you're going to influence so many. If you will do what Lydia does, the Bible says she simply believes, she opens her heart, and God comes in her heart. And this story reminds me of, it reminds me of a lot of things, and I'm I'm thinking about a couple, Rob and uh, Shannon, in the church I served in Arkansas. She came to me one day and she said, Pastor, I'm about to go to Milwaukee, spend some time with my in-laws, and I need prayer. Boy, I get that a lot. You know, I'm going to see my in-laws, I need prayer. And so I said, yes, Shannon, I'll be glad to pray for you. She said, no, really, I, I'm going to witness to my mother-in-law. She's not a Christ follower, and I'm going to be in their home for many days. Would you please pray for me? Isn't it interesting? We can talk to strangers. We can talk to people about the Lord, but there's something about family. You ever notice that? It's something about witnessing and sharing with family. And so she had this trepidation. She had this, this fear, if you will. And so I was praying for her, and she went to Milwaukee, her and Rob, and they came back. She told me this story. She said, Friday night. I told my mother, and I'm going to tell you her name, and I get tickled every time I tell her name because it reminds me of a song. Her name was Elvira, okay? <laughs> Elvira. I know, it's, it's, just, it's embedded in my head, but her name was Elvira. She, she shares with her on Friday night, and she just listens to her daughter-in-law, Shannon. She goes, I appreciate you telling me that, and let me think about that. And so Shannon said, great. So she went to bed, and she woke up the next morning and didn't say anything to her in the afternoon. But then the evening, Shannon went back to her and said, Elvira, have you thought more about what we talked about, about Jesus Christ? Isn't that awesome? That she would take the time to share the gospel with her mother-in-law. And her mother-in-law asked this question. She said, I've been processing this, and I've been thinking about this, but I've got to ask you, how much does this cost me? What, what will this cost me? And Shannon said a great word. She goes, oh, this is the great news. Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. You just believe on him and receive him. Well, that's what Lydia does. She accepts the Lord as her Savior, and her life is so changed. Look at the spiritual progression as we move through it in verse 15. Now, when she and her household were baptized, and the O in number 5 stands for obedience, okay? Obedience. She followed the Lord in believer's baptism. In a few minutes, I'm going to have a great opportunity to baptize two people who have accepted Christ. And by the way, that's what you do when you become a Christ follower. You are baptized. You go public with your faith. And you just got to remember, guys, Lydia is probably married because it says her household. She is a prominent businesswoman. Uh, she has a great reputation She's a woman of prayer. I mean, she's already in, in, there at the riverside. And when she goes public and goes to the Gangots River and she is baptized, let me tell you guys, everybody can see this. I mean, there is no 
clandestine Christianity. I mean, she is going public with her faith, and I believe that she is obedient to God, that God just blesses her. In fact, the Bible says her whole household got saved and baptized. Isn't that a powerful testimony? And you never know. You never know, ladies. When you give your heart to the Lord, what kind of ramification, what kind of rippling effect that will have on people in your very home and in your neighborhood and the places that you, that you work. So she is uh, obedient to the Lord. It also says, not only is she baptized, but a household at this time would include the following. It would include family, servants, and other dependents. And she was converted, and so the whole house was converted. And so I call her F, or number six, she has influence, if you're taking notes. She would be a person of, of influence, okay? It reminds me of a story of a lady in our church, um, Melissa Campbell, her and Fred. I tell you, they just love the Lord. They love to witness to people and share the gospel. And, and Melissa was in a, uh, in a home not long ago with a group of ladies, and there were eight ladies in the home. And uh, Melissa was going to share a Bible story with them, or, uh, and just share a, a normal lesson, if you will. But she said she felt impressed of the Lord to just tell them the gospel, just tell them the basic rudiments of the gospel, which is, I, 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 I delineated that a moment ago, but remember, it's Jesus, his life, death, burial, resurrection. We repent, we believe, our lives are transformed. And so Melissa, she shared the gospel with all eight ladies, and she said, any of you want to pray to receive Christ? And all eight of them did. All eight in, in the room, in the house, accepted the Lord. Guys, there is something that is as old as the New Testament, but it is coming full circle in America and around the world today, and it's called oikos evangelism. Now, oikos is the Greek word for, anybody guess? For the house, for the home. And so I think there's a great opportunity that Lydia demonstrates to us, and as Melissa has demonstrated to us, there's a great opportunity to share Christ and evangelize people over dinner, over coffee in our home. I can't wait over the next few weeks and months. I'm going to be sharing with you, and I'm going to be training you for this big event coming up in November called My Hope with Billy Graham. And it is a great way to evangelize people in our home. More about that later. Let's get back to Lydia. Six is influence, and now notice, notice the next one, is that she, Lydia, begged them to come and stay at her house. This is in verse 15. She begged us, and she said, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. Now, the word stay is a Greek imperative verb. It's fascinating. Lydia, she is not passive, by the way, okay? She is a very demonstrative. I mean, she's a, she's a woman of influence. Aren't you glad when God saves you, he, he, he saves you and He changes you, but He uses you the way you are. She is a person of, of persistence. I think that's the next one, all right? Number seven is persistence. She goes, you guys, you're going to come to my house. Won't you come to my house? No, you are going to come to my house, and I'm going to take care of you, and we're going to have a blessed time in the Lord. She is a persistent lady. Next, she is a hospitable lady. You said, I would write that if I can spell it. I think it's on the screen there, hospitable. I just love saying that. Not that I am that, but I like saying it. Hospitable, meaning that she had them in her home, 
and she was um, she, she opened up her house to them and said, "My house is your house, and I want you to come, and we're going to we're going to provide for you, Paul and Silas and Timothy. It's probably a, a large, spacious home, and, and she probably takes care of them and, and feeds them and ministers to them. And so here you have this woman who's had this great testimony. She's heard the gospel. She's accepted Christ. She believed. She repented of her sins. She followed the Lord in believer's baptism. And now she's opened up her home. She's going, man, come and share this story with my friends and share it with my family. What a great, what a great lady. What a great story. And finally, it says that uh, she constrained them or she persuaded them. Do you see that in verse 15? So she uh, the word is parabiazoma. Parabiazoma literally means to not take no for an answer. She says, you are staying in my home. Now, and no ifs, ands, or buts, no, no excuses. You're not going to the inn over here. You're not going to somebody else's house. You're staying in my house. And we want you just to be blessed, and I'm going to bless you. So I say she is a woman who is very uh, persuasive. It's interesting, that same word that we translate persuade in verse 15 is the identical word with the disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, 29, where it says they constrained Jesus. They, they begged him. They said, no, you have, you've got to come and have dinner uh, with us. So there you have it. You got a nine-point uh, sermon, and I did it in about 10, 15 minutes. Isn't that amazing? That is worth an amen or a woo-hoo or something, you know. Thank you. That's right. Because I don't want the Methodists to get too far ahead of you in the, uh, in the restaurants, okay, or the Presbyterians either, whoever they may be. So we want you all to get out a little bit early uh, today. I've never met a Baptist who got upset for getting out early. It's, it's amazing. Can we uh, recapitulate? Can we summarize these one more time? If you didn't get them, a godly woman, a lady like Lydia, is prayerful. She listens. Oh, isn't that a sweet word? Akuo. She just listened to the gospel. And then she's an industrious later, hardworking, industrious woman. She's a woman who believes. She's obedient to the gospel. She obeys the message that Paul preached. I don't know, this is something got a hold of me this week. Because I, I got to this point. Paul, it says he... He spoke the word, and the people, they just, they just believed. And, you know, th that's what I want to do. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a preacher that is sincere, that is transparent, that just preaches the gospel and makes it all about Christ and not about me. And I believe when I do that, and when we as pastors do that, when we are faithful to share the gospel, God will always, He will always save people and change people. You know, this, this last Sunday, I, I said some things, that I, I, and I want to share with you all as a church family. Sometimes I get real fired up, and I say maybe the right thing, but I say it in the wrong way. And I do that sometimes, and I want you all to forgive me. I said a word last week about Great Hills being, I uh, forget the word. Some of you all remember, well, I remember the word. And it was something about uh, preference and entitlement. Now, here's how the Holy Spirit worked on me this week. You all are going to love this. Friday night... Uh, Friday night in our home, we go out to, to dinner, and for some reason, we landed in Pluckers. Have you ever eaten at Pluckers? This is a free advertisement for Pluckers. Amen. You go, eat, go eat your wings. And, and so I'm, I'm in there, and I'm opening the door for my family, and my family come in, and these two huge guys 
walk right behind my family and I got the door open for them, they just look at me like, they didn't say a word. Are y'all with me? At least they're to say what? Thank you, thank you. So I just kind of got upset about that. What is this? Why am I upset? And so I'm about to walk to my family, and this guy's humongous. And he's standing in between me and my family after I've opened the door for him. And I just found myself getting upset. And he turned around and looked at me, and he goes, Oh, sir, I'm sorry. You're, you're trying to get with your family. I said, Yes. And so I walked on through. I really couldn't enjoy my meal. I mean, really, because I didn't like the attitude of my heart. And the very thing that I was fussing to y'all about, I was doing on Friday night. And I'm sorry. And, you know, I need to practice what I'm preaching. I need not to be so entitled and so preferential, okay? You say, well, you're just human and we forgive you. Thank you very much. Back to, back to Lydia. I appreciate that. I am. I am very, very human. And, and I'm sorry. And, uh, man, the Holy Spirit and my wife, they, they help me greatly. <laughs> she's obedient. She's influential. She's persistent, she's hospitable, and she is persuasive. And again, very sincerely today, if you're a lady here today, and you see this portrait of a godly woman, and you say, you know, that's just not me. I, I don't listen. <laughs> I don't obey God. I, I, I've never been baptized. I've, I've never really spiritually gotten serious with God. Let me just hear me say, I'm not... I'm not condemning you. I'm not saying, what is your problem? I'm saying this. Could today be your day? Could today be your day where you say, God, I yield myself to you, and I want to be a follower of Christ. Open my heart so that I can receive the things of God just like Lydia did, so I will be saved, I will be baptized, my life will be changed, my heart will be changed, my home will be changed. And, and, and I just believe whether you're online or whether you're on TV or wherever we may be or right here live, and you hear the message of the gospel, that you, this very day would be your day of salvation. And that's what I want to pray for right now. Father in heaven, we are just asking you and been praying this week for this day that you would draw men and women and boys and girls to yourself. Father, I pray that there would be many Lydias sprinkled throughout this congregation, women of God, women of faith, women of industry, women of persistence, and women who are persuasive, but most of all, women who are godly, and women who heed the message of the gospel. Father, I thank you that you are such a gracious, forgiving, awesome God. That, Lord, you take us right where we are, pastor included, rough edges, and you smooth those edges away, and you conform us more to the image of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that we never arrive. We're always in process, being sanctified, being conformed to the image of Christ. So I'm, I just pray today, God, during our invitation, that you would speak and that you would draw people to yourself. And thank you, Lord, for our pastors. Thank you for our deacons. Thank you for our staff that will be here, our counselors. And we would be honored to pray with and encourage any woman, any person, they would come today. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you stand. We'll have our invitation this morning.